0: Carson. And with me, as always, is my co-host Jeff Cardello. Jeff, how's it going today? Doing a-okay. Um, almost got into a car
1: accident. Avoided. Uh, oh. Was, <laughs> avoided it by uh... about four inches. So I would say it's been pretty outside. Well. Uh, overall, that was a very positive that's, experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anytime, any any landing is a good landing that you walk yeah. away from. And it's
1: it totally would have been my fault. So oh, that's uh, that's good that you uh, you were able to pull it out of the fire yeah. like that. Sometimes yes. you dodge a bullet. Sometimes you dodge a uh, white pickup
0: truck. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Accidents are are rough, even when they're not your fault. It's a huge, huge
1: hassle. I know. Like it, there was like a, th- like so many different thoughts in my head when I was about to almost hit this guy, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the thoughts was, uh, oh no, I don't need another problem in my life. <laughs> so luckily, yeah. it's like oh no. Uh, so
0: I think if you polled uh, if you pulled everyone in the country, you would probably get like a hundred percent like i don't need another problem in my life even people who have it pretty easy yeah probably. i'm trying to to go problem free and
1: i just uh yeah. i'm using a different mic now Pro. speaking of problems oh uh, man what what else can we list here ladies and gentlemen as this is a very special episode. Yeah, You're
0: uh, in for a treat. We're basically just going to uh list problems that we have or have had. It could be or, 99 problems.
1: I those, hear people yeah. like hearing about 99 problems. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh. I'm wondering that that setup is pretty much over on Twitter now, right? The 99 problems jokes. I would I I, I would say we've uh Reached the peak we've of ninety nine. We've ha- exhausted that that topic of
1: hashtag ninety nine problems. Yeah. It was hot. It was yeah. I got mine in
0: a while ago. <laughs> so it happens.
1: So as we were saying, this is a very special episode. Yeah. This is uh, could be the first guestless. <laughs> Episode, and I know, ladies and gentlemen, you've been waiting for the opportunity to, to have just unfiltered
0: Jeff and Rick. Yeah, yeah. So, ask us anything. Yes, oh, okay, that, no, that's a fair question. <laughs> a fair question,
1: uh, yeah. yes. Oh. You won't have all of that filler of guests adding
0: their thoughts and opinions into the microphone. Riffing, yeah. If I want to talk for 40 minutes about uh about the uh, the underused Marx brothers then I will
1: yes it's the f- it's an open forum it's a very special open uh, open
0: episode did you know I was an adult before I realized that Groucho Marx's mustache and eyebrows were just painted on what <laughs> yeah I was like wait I remember spoiler alert I remember reading about it in my 20s I'm like Oh, I guess it is. And then I went back and watched the movies, and it suddenly was so obvious. Like it's he he wasn't wearing a fake nose and mustache. No, the fake nose is definitely a, a, an add-on by the uh, novelty industrial complex.
1: Okay, I mean, I wonder if, like, I wonder if if the descendants of Groucho Marx. Marx? Marx, yes. Groucho Marx. I wonder wonder if they get, like, royalty. Like, uh, you know, that thing where, like, I wonder if they get royalties.
0: They must still get something. I know the the rights are still held and probably will continue to be. Um, I feel like those things are not as readily available as they were when I was a kid. Like, it's...
1: They are rare, much like an actual real rubber chicken, Uh which I've heard is hard to get. Like, all you can really find are the hard plastic fake ones. Oh, okay. A real rubber chicken,
0: difficult to find. Yeah, yeah. I've never never known the ones that I've seen my whole life were imitations. Yeah. They're not, but they're not actually
1: rubber. If you look back at the comedy classics of the 50s and 60s that employ a rubber chicken, mm-hmm. that was the peak of rubber chickens back then. They don't make them like they used to.
0: Yeah, confession, I don't understand why rubber chickens are funny. Like, huh. What's the What's ha- what's the setup that where like the punchline is then like rubber chicken. How do you Where do you where do you start with, like... Or is, is it, a like, a cooking dinner joke? And you're like, we're so poor, we have to eat this rubber oh, chicken. Oh, okay, yeah, we can't even
1: afford one made of flesh and bone. Yeah. I don't know, for me, like, the comedy that I see in a rubber chicken is any uh, animal, either living or dead, that is lacking any sort of bone in it, mm-hmm
0: instant laughs. That is pretty funny. Yeah, being boneless is is kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but I, just, I I can't I've never seen that actually come up in uh any kind of comedy where somebody's been like here like it's it seems to be a symbol for comedy clubs. Yeah. But I don't it's the 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 act, what the actual joke is eludes me. Yeah, but I mean, imagine all of the, and
1: once again, every every time we do this podcast, we come up with one at least one million dollar idea, but other animals that could be rubberized. Like, imagine how funny a rubber beaver would be.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, a boneless rubber beaver, or a rubber giraffe. Yeah, rubber and, and like a floppy neck, and you could. Wave it at people and it would go. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. nothing
1: would be more funny than a floppy giraffe. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Hasbro or <laughs> the the big toy manufacturers, please get on this. Uh, you know, you can have it. We don't, you know, just give us credit somewhere along the line. Yeah, yeah. It's open, plug, source, open source comedy. Plug our website, Hasbro. Yeah, please yeah.
0: do it. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that would be quite silly. Um, the banana peel? I get the banana peel.
1: Oh, the slipping on a banana peel? Yeah. Which I, I've never seen that happen in my life, but I bet back then when there was less technology that it, yes. it was yeah. probably a, a, a daily occurrence.
0: Yeah, yeah. Less, uh, less you mean less? like trash receptacle technology or just like less things to distract us because i think people probably slip on in real life slip on banana peels more now that they're looking at their phones while they're walking yeah
1: we are missing out on 99 percent of banana peel related accents because we're distracted mm-hmm. also i do i do think that improves sanitation people don't just throw their garbage on the street now. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. People so, feel a little differently about that. So there's less opportunity, yeah. but I mean, I feel like bananas, you know, way back when were a more popular fruit. I mean, look at the hit mm. song. Yes, we have no bananas.
0: Oh, that's yeah. That's true. during
1: the banana
0: famine of 1922. <laughs> 19- yeah. And, uh, and then later on with uh, uh, Harry Belafonte and the Dayo, the banana boat song.
1: Yeah, the banana boat song, the woman who danced with the
0: banana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat? Carmen Miranda. Carmen Miranda. Yeah, yeah. The bananas, the banana in popular culture. Is, uh, Was there ever
1: a uh, Could have a been mo- my master's thesis. <laughs> that would be good. I don't know if there's. Is- you know, there's a lot of Abbott and Costello crossover. Was there ever Abbott and Costello meet Carmen Miranda? Uh, I don't
0: think so. It's possible, though. It is possible.
1: I mean, who did they meet? They met Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, who else? Um,
0: who else did they meet? I feel like, and maybe it was in Frankenstein or the Wolfman. Where they met Vincent Price. I do feel like they met Vincent Price. Okay. And I feel like the animated version of them probably met met several other celebrities. Um, did you ever wa- watch the... Uh I don't I don't
1: know if this was just on an episode of Scooby Doo or if I'm making this up, but wasn't there an animated Three Stooges where they were like robots or something? Yes, yes. Okay.
0: There, there certainly, certainly was. I did not make that
1: up. I'm glad I didn't make yeah. that up.
0: Yeah, you can every now and then you can find it in like the dollar bin, like cheap DVDs that they have at, at Walgreens, and I am tempted to 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 shell out the dollar or two or three. Just to see how awful it is, because it was way, way late in their lives, and
1: it was the actual. It was the voices of the actual. I believe. Actors.
0: I believe so, but I think by then they were on like the third Curly. Okay. Um, so it was, uh, and by the time, by the time he came around, because there was Curly Joe, Dorita, and Curly Joe Besser. I. Th- believe was the last one um and he was from a much more sophisticated school of vaudeville and comedy and he was like no i really don't feel like getting slapped so they kind of calmed that down a little bit plus they were they themselves were were get, the original stooges were getting pretty uh pretty up there in years and uh so i'm, I'm wondering if this was a part of
1: the whole like Like, did that show exist as part of the uh, interest in things Bionic, the Bionic man, the Bionic woman? Was it it pitched as, hey, let's do an animated series. You're not going to believe this, but
0: uh, Bionic Three Stooges. Yeah, well, you know, for a while there, everything was ripping off the Matrix, and I think that's where it came from. Okay. They're like, oh, we got to get the Three Stooges in the Matrix Okay. And uh
1: so the three stooges exist in the matrix universe. Yeah. Matrix okay. universe. Yeah. So
0: you see them like jump up in the air to eye gouge somebody and then the camera like spins around them the entire three hundred and sixty degrees and boom. But then the other guy puts his hand up over his nose and blocks the the eye gouge.
1: But I'm also wondering if this was like a Robocop type situation too, like Like, Mm. had the live-action version of the the Three Stooges, maybe the last episode involved them, like, killing each other. Like, like maybe (laughs) they finally got to the point where, you know, eye pokes and nose tweaks weren't enough, and they actually, there was some sort of, like, (laughs) murder-suicide going on in the last episode. But then someone, a scientist who really appreciated comedy,
0: Put them back together. That, this is a an amazing, amazing backstory. And I hope, I wish this was. I hope this is the, the true story. Or if not, we should pitch it as, because uh, there were some times, um, where they would just lay into each other with like obviously fatal results. Yeah. Like sometimes they would just like hit each other or slap each other, and then in other times they would climb up on a ladder and drop a sledgehammer on the other one, and just. For some reason, it would if it makes like a bonk sound, it it doesn't hurt nearly yeah. as much as if it made like a soft wet crunch.
1: Yeah, when when um I was a kid, my mom banned me and my brother from watching the Three Stooges because we uh, were mimicking the behavior. Luckily, mm-hmm. we never dropped any anvils or sledgehammers on each other's heads. Um, but uh. Since I guess we didn't have a good filter between what's make believe on television and reality, we were banned.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to explain that you really can't take a saw to the top of someone's head and just kind of <laughs> you, rub it across their bald head and you. have it not cause a giant bloody gash. Never a good idea. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like. Um, i don't I don't watch or study the Stooges as much as other other old classic comedy teams, but I have seen quite a few of them, and it's one of my dad's favorites like It's definitely a very dad thing, and if you watch them, they do kind of have like you know a lot of us have that uncle that just knows a bunch of jokes and is kind of kind of that personality that's kind of how I feel about the three Stooges is. They were just a couple of uncles who would get together and goof around. Just a bunch, yeah, just a bunch of crazy, wacky uncles. Crazy, wacky uncles.
1: (laughs) Oh, but I mean, they did, like the three students, they made that movie a a couple years ago, like trying to reboot the franchise.
0: Yeah, and I I didn't actually see it. I don't know if you did. I didn't. America like, said no. I don't think yeah. Like we have enough stooges. We um yeah, their their moment may have passed. And I can't remember it, because it wasn't a biography, right? It was actually like, here are these characters again. Look at the shenanigans they're getting okay. into. <laughs> but, but still still no okay. Abbott and Costello reboot. No, no. The the thing about Abbott and Costello that I learned pretty late too, because they were a lot. Well, they. I mean, the Stooges too were a little bit later than a lot of the. We all think we think of them all as contemporaries, but like they were, they were more fifties, and probably by the late fifties, Abbott and Costello were on the decline. But they, uh. They didn't write any new material. Oh man! Like I guess some of their movies had new stuff, but they it would basically they had a couple of like straight films. Um, I know this because I watched one of them on Netflix just this like within the last year. That was like their last or second to last movie, and it's very calm, but there are several moments where they're like. Well, we have to wait to go meet Mr. So and So. Let's sit down at this table and do one of our old routines. Oh, like they were very shoehorned in, and uh, and it was not a th- it was not a thing back then. Like now, stand up comedians freak out over joke theft and oh he he stole my joke because I'm the only one that thought of a joke about Kim Kardashian, but. I mean they would uh they would when there was you know vaudeville circuits that you could tour on, the performers would leave notes for like the next group coming through, like we're going to Cincinnati, and somebody else is gonna come play this theater, and they would leave notes and be like, The crowd's here love this, love this, don't oh. do this one, and so yeah, there were a lot of canned canned material, and so there are probably. 35 to 40 different versions of Who's On First recorded. Oh, my God. They're just slightly different, because, I mean, they they do vary from the script a little bit. But none of them are significantly different. Okay. They never played one as a German expressionist drama or anything.
1: I mean, you know, it's like... Like, some bands kind mm-hmm. of changed their hits, like, after playing them so much. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they didn't totally... Or do, like, a medley, like an Abbott and Costello medley. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like Abbott and Costello probably died tragically. or <laughs> Like, I feel like the pressure... Not the pressure, but just... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Gary Coleman, he hated it when people would say, what you talking about, Willis? Like, yeah. I wonder if people yelled at Abbott and or Costello, uh, who's on first from, like, moving cars and, like, just no, said yeah, that
0: yeah. everywhere. I, I can only imagine they must have. Like, that must have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like, I hope on, like, their
1: gravestones that mm-hmm. that's, like, the inscription, who's on first.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know I know Lou Costello did have a lot of health problems and oh, I'm pretty young and I think somewhat tragically. Oh. Um I I have read his life story. I don't remember all of the details, but yeah, there was a lot of uh a lot of of sadness in it. <laughs> so <laughs> don't know what that uh, what that tells you yeah. about them but
1: so we are exploring the dark side what's up with the dark this in <laughs> <and> comedy <laughs> that's yeah.
0: that's the question that we pulled um yeah i've heard i've heard throughout the years groucho was super super unhappy even though he was probably the most successful of the marx brothers yeah although i just read um that uh Chico had a pretty successful run as like a nightclub musician. Oh, okay, had nice. Albums and 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 did okay by himself, but the others kind of never were able to. Whoops, were never able to capitalize on their former success. Like, was
1: it uh, was Harpo the silent one? Harpo was the silent one. So yeah.
0: once Harpo
1: started speaking, like mm-hmm. he probably could not make that transition. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he, no one wants to hear Harpo speak. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he was he was uh, he had a lot of super unpopular opinions online. Oh, so like, yeah. oh, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, he uh, he did have famously appear uh, and recreated his his mirror bit with Lucille Ball. Oh, okay. So that was a, a pretty famous thing that happened to him late late in life. Um, because yeah, I think. Um. Yeah, this is where it, this is where I start to cut close to the bone and make you really scared as comedian. But uh, uh, even today, like, is, it, is anybody super popular for more than a few years in comedy? Uh, yeah, I mean, not really.
1: I mean, I would say people have their mm. their peaks. Yeah, I, like I feel like Dane Cook reached a peak, and then everyone really hated him. Yeah, yeah. then he kind of regained some respect, mm-hmm. like you know for whatever being on like Louis or, or like somehow I feel like Dane Cook like re, like redeemed himself. Like people are less apt to be a hater on him. I mean, I haven't had any conversations with people any but anyone about Dane Cook lately, so I don't know what the, uh,
0: consensus, what the is. consensus is. No, that's true. I do remember when that was kind of a and he, it was I remember a time when it was super popular to hate Dane Cook and I had not yet heard any of his material. So I'm like, I don't know how to have an opinion on this. Yeah. Um, but I remember it was when I was teaching, so I mean, it wasn't that horribly long ago. But uh, there was a lot of, like, kids telling me, like, oh, he's so funny. And they would try to quote me his material, which it's hard to...
1: Like, a lot of it's just the delivery. Yeah. That, yeah. I
0: guess that's the comedy in it. Um, even that, yeah. Anyone having your material quoted by a uh, 15-year-old is going to lose... It's going to lose something in the transition. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, quite a bit's going to be lost. But, yeah, it's like... Yeah, not a lot of comedians really have uh, longev- uh how do you say that
0: word? Yeah, longevity. Longevity.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, and like people just become like haters like, you know, like Sinbad. No, but no, no. I don't know. Maybe he deserve. You know, I being on a comedy podcast, you know, I just I I don't have an opinion on Sinbad. Uh Yeah. No, no, no I
0: think uh yeah. I think um yeah, I think that people who make fun of celebrities who aren't famous anymore or, like, make fun of one-hit wonders are people who have never, like, attempted to do anything creative. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's, like, to hate on people who've had success. hmm I don't know. It's it's a complicated matter, but hey, they were doing some. Sinbad did something that connected with people. Sure. Uh, sure. Dane Cook
0: did something. You know, pa- Paulie Shore. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a roommate in my late teens, early twenties who loved Paulie Shore movies. I remember going to sneak into the theater with him to see Jury Duty. Because he loved Paulie Shore so much. And granted, we came in like a third to halfway through the movie. So none of it made any sense to me. There's a lot of backstory in that first uh, and, part. And then, yeah. I, I th- that's the only time. And, and I had totally forgotten that this happened until Paulie Shore came up. But he, uh, it was the only time in my life that I ever theater hopped. So the one chance Polly Shore had to make money off of me was kind of unsuccessful oh you you' but, still oh uh, uh Warner Brothers uh yeah i I do remember watching uh and yeah, I'll, I'll write them a check tonight um Encino Man on cable and not hating it.
1: yeah, I but. saw Encino Man in the theater, and mm-hmm. I remember not hating it. I yeah, yeah.
0: I don't remember anything that happens other than I think they don't they drink slurpees right out of the machine. Oh yeah, yeah. And they um and I feel like Brendan Fraser's caveman character skateboards at some point.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That happened. Okay. I, I
0: think I hope so. <laughs> it seems like if it didn't, like what were they doing? Yeah. Cuz that's exactly the that's the movie where if Brendan Fraser was ever going to play a skateboarding caveman that was yeah. his chance.
1: And once again a a golden comedic premise take any uh sort of figure from the distant past and put them on a skateboard instant comedy. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean,
1: you know, Richard Nixon on a skateboard, comedy. Abraham Lincoln, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Pope Pius II. Yeah. You know, the yeah, this is we're we're just generating more comedic ideas here, which will you
0: know be the standard. So when somebody, um, and I know you have a skateboarding past, when somebody describes like a really involved skateboard trick that's like this into that, like s- several different moves, at what point does it start just becoming made up? nonsense words (laughs) like i know i understand some tricks have names but some of them you're just making up like he did a
1: yeah i i feel like yeah it does get to a point where it's just made up Mm -hmm. nonsense uh but i feel i mean i feel you know i grew up skateboarding in the Mm. 80s where i feel like the names were more creative oh okay like that had nothing to do with the trick really like now it's very technical as describing exactly like what the body is doing and what like the board is doing like oh he's doing a switch stance front side uh k grind which that sounds like nonsense but that will make sense to escape
0: or it sounds like something you could order at starbucks actually yeah
1: Yeah. but Um, um Yeah, I mean, when I was young, it was like, oh, like a stale fish, an eggplant. Ah, yes. yes. A
0: boneless. See, these are the ones ones I remember. I do remember boneless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And now, Mm. uh, I mean, I think some kids would know what a boneless is, but that may be one that's
0: uh, lost to time. To time immemorial until someone unfreezes a skater from 1987.
1: Yes. And... Speaking of freezing, uh we're gonna take a bit of a break and then we'll come back and maybe we'll have a guest, maybe not. Stay tuned, this is a cliffhanger. Yes. Our guest, Cliffhanger. <laughs> All right, we're we're back from break, and uh if you're just tuning <laughs> now, you've been tuning in. And you are, you've are you been enjoying the special dialogue uh, between Rick and I. We are yeah. guestless, but not pointless, maybe <laughs> aimless. This is turning yeah.
0: into slam poetry, and I'm going to stop. Okay, yeah. Well, let me snap my fingers for you. Yes. Um, yeah, I was going to try to bring back the bit where we pause, like say we're going to answer listener questions and then pause for them to talk to their iPod or their, okay. so, their phone. Yeah. Then, um, I don't know if I killed it by delivering it this way, but <laughs> we could do it. We could uh, give you a chance to yell a question at your phone. Okay, let's, let's set it up then, right? All right. So we're answering listener questions uh, today. So in the next uh, like four-second pause, yell your question at your phone. Or computer. Okay. That's a great question. What?
1: Yeah. We have such an intelligent, informed
0: audience. Such such insight. Yes.
1: Such insight. I mean,
0: it really is going to make me uh, have to pause and, and think of a of, yeah. a, of a very, of an answer worthy of such yeah. a question.
1: And If it's you, Howard, in Duluth, Minnesota, thinking we're talking about
0: your question, we are. We totally are, yeah. Um, Do you ever do this, Jeff, when you're driving and listening to NPR, and you get home and you turn off your car right in the middle of a story and cut the person off in the middle of a sentence, and then you finish their sentence, usually with, like, (laughs) on my butt. (laughs) You know what? I've never done
1: that, but that... uh That does sound fun. I mean, usually what I'll do is, like, I'll park my car, and then I'll run up to my apartment and turn Mm -hmm. on uh, the stereo. Oh, okay. Um, But I should, you know, I am taking the lazy way out. I need to complete, you know, whatever that thought or end of that story was.
0: Because I, sometimes, I mean, sometimes if it's a compelling story, I definitely will will do that. But if it's, like, I'm just getting there while they're reading... You know the top of the hour news that I already heard like thirty minutes ago. Then yeah, then I'll I'll throw in a on my butt. Okay. Or a on your butt, or. Dep- I mean, it, obviously it goes with the context of yeah. whatever the. It
1: it works really w- it works really well for the uh, new season of cereal. If you end it early and say on on my butt, it oh, yeah. it really <laughs> works
0: well. Yeah. And the police had a lot of extra questions for my butt. Yes. <laughs> um, not saying it's a grown up thing to do, um, but uh, it is kind of a, a thing I feel a minor compulsion to do. Much like. Uh, if you do that with this
1: podcast, if you tune out right now. Yeah. And say on my butt, it's going to yeah. be hilarious because That's, it's right uh, now on my butt, yeah,
0: yeah'm uh, I have a a strange mole <laughs> on my butt on my butt yeah. you should you should go to yeah, the doctor gotta, for that I, I should yeah. wasn't
1: that was it that an Abbott and Costello a bit
0: <laughs> I think so, yes <laughs> on uh, who's on my butt who's on my butt <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> naturally, oh, I I missed how they said that in that in that routine a lot where they they would say something and the other person would say naturally.
1: Yeah, there isn't enough of of that that's uh-huh. been lost in comedy. Yeah. Like naturally is such a uh, a way to um, mm-hmm. kind of just
0: uh, emphasize that it's comedy. Yeah, jazz up your jazz up your speech. And somebody uh, somebody asks you, are you going to lunch today? Naturally, yeah.
1: Um, but I feel like in the Three Stooges that like there was this kind of a phrase like that. Like, it was soitenly, soitenly, <laughs> which um. is funny.
0: <laughs> a mispronounced word is always funny. Yeah, that's another. That's another always funny. I had a joke book when I was a kid that had been that it was like a yard sale purchase, so it was older than I was, or or close to older than I was, and it was like a thousand jokes. And there were these huge runs where I remember they thought um, puns on shortening the word naturally to just saying "natch" was really funny. Okay. So they had a bunch of a bunch of puns on that. Unfortunately, I don't remember any of those, but I do remember the other one that was apparently hilarious in like the m- late '60s, somewhere it was somewhere between late '60s to mid '70s, was to say "nuts to you." Oh. So they had a whole run of jokes, where uh, where somebody would say something that would set that up. Like there was I, the one I remember. the The first person says, "Like I had a dream last night that I was in this field surrounded by all these giant zeros," and the other person, for some reason unbeknownst to me, is supposed to correct them and say, "No, those are knots." And oh. then he says, Oh well, zeros to me, knots to you. Wow, Okay. Yeah. And that was—you can imagine like seven pages of that. Wow! <laughs> and uh,
1: uh, when I was somehow g- that
0: stuck with me. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, nuts to you. Yeah. That. That. There are so many variations yeah, that, that um, can be done, and I mean by saying that. I mean it's an insult right mm-hmm. is that question- is that saying that the other person is nuts like nuts to you, or you are so not worthy nut worthy you're so not worthy uh-huh. that um you're- you don't even deserve like money like nuts to you like all you deserve is a plate of nuts yeah.
0: it's 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 kind of up there with the rubber chicken, where it's something that I recognize as being a comedy thing, but I don't know what it's supposed to, like what the original intent of it was. But yeah, apparently.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe that just ties into when uh, me- mental health problems were a lot more laughable. Like, uh-huh. hey, y- like you deserve to be in the loony bin. Yeah, like yeah. nuts to you. Because you'll be surrounded by nuts. Because you are an actual
0: nut. This might or might not do it, but I just learned that today that in Ireland, it's common on Halloween, to give uh, to give kids peanuts oh. instead of instead of candy. Um, but it is the cheaper people who do that. So maybe there's something there. They're like, I'm too cheap to give you candy. So here's Here's nuts to you.
1: Yeah, maybe that's one of those things that start out as kind of like a racial slur mm-hmm. type thing. Could like, be.
0: could be, or just like a uh, a, a euphemism, a stand-in. Okay, you see that in in like comedy of the time where somebody's like, "That guy is a fink." Okay, <laughs> he's a nut. I love Fink. I wish Fink would come back. Yeah, so where? That would be great. Why
1: did Fink? I mean, that's like a nonsense word, right? Like Fink. I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're not in. You're not luxurious like a mink, but you're no. fake.
0: Oh, a fake fink. mink is a Fink. Oh, maybe. That yeah, that's yeah. maybe
1: that's the etymology of yeah. that.
0: If not, I I like it. I like it, or a, or a rat fink. I remember you could be called, you could call somebody a rat fink. Yeah,
1: that is a very uh, a bad put down to be a rat fink.
0: I mean, it's worse than just being a rat. Mm-hmm. You're a rat fink. But then I think in the preceding, in like the decades that followed, then like nuts kind of took on a more sexual overtone.
1: Yeah, because nuts to you, uh-huh. that's saying something quite different. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now now you're like, I'm gonna put my balls in your face.
1: Okay, yeah. And, yeah. But uh which I believe
0: is uh is that teabagging? Th- Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, that's yeah. tea bagging. Um but I also think that uh um the happy days used to like in the early seasons they used to tell each other to sit on it. Oh, yeah, Yeah. which that, I mean, is like way... It's pretty bad. bad. Yeah, it's way more sexualized than uh, I think they realized they were getting away with at the time. (laughs) So, what I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is that TV is a filthy, filthy, uh, dirty habit, and you should give it up and listen to more podcasts.
1: Yes, and if your children watch television... Please join them in front of the TV so you can discuss anything offensive or out of out of yeah <laughs> good taste that may come up. Like you may have to have a talk to your child about why saying sit on it
0: is unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was hoping not to have this discussion with you this young, but uh, uh, teabagging is the act. <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: don't. don't Tell you know, don't tell anyone. don't Don't say nuts to you to anyone because you're you're implying a teabagging situation, yeah. which is doesn't end up well for, for
0: anybody. No, no, it's uh, it's. I think I feel like that word came into popular usage um, from like there was a video game, and this is terrible because there are probably dozens of people. Right now, screaming, that know the exact game that I'm talking about. Maybe it was Call of Duty, where like you could crouch as one of your like you can walk and you can run and you can and you could crouch. And people found that like when you killed somebody, you could go over to them and crouching in just the right place made it look like you were teabagging them. And that's uh, that's kind of where I first started hearing people using the term. Like it wasn't a thing that was around when I was a kid. Oh and most people knew what teabagging was.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I don't I did not realize that Call of Duty popularized
0: teabagging. <laughs> it's one of those things that some people went to get degrees in math and engineering and designed the mechanics and gameplay of this very fancy simulation of uh, of war and combat, and then a bunch of teenagers said, "Hey, look! It looks like you're resting your yeah. nuts on this guy." <laughs> so, it's uh, oh, like the uh, like the the robot, the Microsoft robot that turned oh yeah, turned Nazi in like 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
1: come on, people, can't we? Just yeah. have a technology and not ruin this it is, with
0: filth and depravity. This is why we can't have nice that's, things. Yeah, yeah, we can't. Usually, because there's Godwin's law, that like any argument, you're going to start calling each other Hitler. Apparently, any, any sophisticated machine learning algorithm will eventually become Hitler. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a new corollary to that. Uh, it's a it's
1: a sad state we're in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come on, guys, grow up. Yeah, you, please. The, the <laughs> oh boy. Uh, speaking of growing up, I don't oh. I don't have a witty s- segue. Not no, that I no. often have. Every once in a while, I I'm able to tie it together. But yeah, uh,
0: I. It's purely luck. Anytime. <laughs> If anything we have said tonight has made sense, it is purely happenstance. It's purely happenstance,
1: yes. Which, uh, I mean, we, we have explored some topics, though. We have. We and have. We, we've made our promise to our audience for more uh, old-timey-related uh, comedy discussions. Yes, yes. We promised more content. You
0: got it. Yeah, maybe I should... Just do a like a limited run. Uh, I think like 18, I think they made 18 movies. Just do a podcast where I review each of the Marx Brothers movies and get it out of my system, yeah, get it out
1: <laughs> so you can move on with your yeah, life, yeah,
0: move on to uh, move on to the 40s, yeah. Which,
1: interesting, uh, interestingly enough. You know, my father, he, he loves Abbott and Costello. Like, I've never heard him laugh more, but not a fan of the Marx Brothers. I've never been able oh, to. Yeah. I mean, are the Marx Brothers polarizing? Like, why would people not like the Marx Brothers? I
0: don't know. Because um, nothing that, they, that any of them did individually was that different from other stuff but they did take like several of the popular genres of the time and kind of do them all at once. So you had like the smart aleck guy with the one-liners, and you had the guy doing a funny accent, and you had the guy kind of pantomiming and clowning, and then you had the guy who sang like the fourth Marx brother they never really found a use for. Um the the kind of apocryphal legend that may or may not be true was that secretly he was the funniest one. Oh, okay. He was like the writer guy? Yeah, he's like, well, I'm so funny, I don't need to actually show it on film.
1: Okay. I hope that that was
0: the case. I think he was also like the youngest and kind of the most conventionally handsome. So like, well, we'll just make him the straight man a little bit. Yeah, you know, give uh, put some eye candy for the ladies up there. (laughs) Zeppo, many uh, many young teenage girls had Zeppo posters in their walls. I'm sure. I'm sure. He had many groupies. Yeah, it may be a generational thing because, like, my dad, huge Three Stooges fan, also loved um, also loved Abbott and Costello, and I think they were popular when he was a kid. Whereas the Marx Brothers were already 20 years old by then. So, like, we think of it all as, like, dinosaurs. It's just, it was in the past. Yeah. it all happened at once.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a time when, yeah, that was what was new. That was mm -hmm. what was, like, cutting edge.
0: Yeah, the one who I think doesn't get enough credit nowadays is Jack Benny. was really funny. Oh, oh. Um his uh, his Butler character is a little problematic, okay. kind of a kind of a stereotype, uh, oh. a black dude. But I mean, he for the time like this was when you know nobody else even had a black person on TV. The other, the only other black people on TV were played by white people in blackface. Yeah, face. yeah. So I have heard him defended that. It way.
1: was a small mm. step
0: up. Yeah, yeah. Not a huge one. Not, all, not, not but, yeah, not as far as we'd like it to go. Yes. But uh, yeah, he uh, he was pretty funny. And in later years, that that part of it kind of dropped off. But I think that's why people nowadays are kind of reluctant to bring him back.
1: Well, but. Well, I I will have to check out some some yeah. old Jack Benny clips because I I do ha- often hear him like referenced by mm. other comedians as like being an influence. So I feel yeah, like yeah. that's a good one to check out.
0: Yeah, he definitely had a very like uh, defined persona that that was pretty funny. Yes, and. Uh, speaking of defined personas,
1: we have fairly defined our personas here yes. on the podcast. The first, maybe the only, guestless one, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I think we've uh, reached the end of the, the podcast rope.
0: Uh, yeah, I think if you guys have hated this, I think probably the best thing to do would be to write to each other. Yeah, please you don't necessarily have to tell us how yeah. terrible we are. Because
1: like yeah. as we telepathically were able to pick up on your questions, we're able to telepathically pick up on those negative comments. I mean, yeah. we're, we're really about energy and we you know, we'll know. So you don't have to let yeah. us know, yeah. just talk amongst uh, your friends.
0: If you do want to tweet positive things at us though, that's always awesome. Or if you want to rate us on iTunes or review us or any of those uh, fancy things that I'm told are important?
1: Yeah, yeah. Please do one of those things.
0: Please do, yeah. That's your homework, America. Yes. And the world. We are internationally available. We so. are. Awesome. Well, uh, should we do any plugs? Do we have anything? To yeah, let's coming
1: up? let's uh, let's plug our show at the Bird City Comedy Festival coming up. April 8th at, at uh,
0: Space 55 in Phoenix. It's at 1:30 uh, pm.
1: Yeah, so come out because we know you're not doing one, anything at 1:30 in the afternoon. And um,
0: yeah. And yeah, no, and uh, yeah, that would be awesome. We have some great guests. We have Ron Babcock and Ryan McKee, uh, Chris True. Um, Abby Stassen and Kat Jessup. So uh, packed lineup should be really fun. Um, the previous evening, on the Friday of the Bird City Comedy Festival, I'm going to be doing the social media show at midnight. So the witching hour. Will I be dressed as a vampire? Possibly. Come on out and see. There's only one way to find out. Or maybe there's two. But no more than three. Three Three's the line ups. Yeah. Uh, those are the only, those are, there are only three ways to find out. Um, and yeah, I also my group Apollo 12 is in the Phoenix Improv Festival the following weekend at the Herberger Theater. Um, our show is at 5 p.m. Um, got a group from Tucson performing with us that is pretty awesome uh, called uh, Not Burnt Out, Just Unscrewed. And from L.A. and Utah, a two-person show that looks to be pretty amazing by the name of Boxcar. Cool, yeah. Um, so definitely
1: check that out, people. Okay, we are wrapped. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And enjoy the rest of the your-